Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. We figured since we've got a bit of spare time on our hands, we'd interview some of our fave celebs and influential figures in the beauty industry and share those interviews with you. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when a bonus episode drops. Hello, and no, don't be alarmed. You aren't losing it. I am not Hannah, nor am I Joe. My name is Amy Clark, and I am the senior editor at Adore Beauty. Uh, you will see my face and my words and my un filtered thoughts, road testing all sorts of beauty things over on our Beauty IQ platform on the Adore Beauty website. But today, the girls have handed over the mic to me and I am chatting to the one and only Rowie Singh. Now, if you don't already follow Rowie on Instagram, I mean, what are you doing? Go and chuck her a follow because she is the most amazing Australian-born Indian content creator in the beauty industry. She is known for creating these incredible makeup looks. I'm talking bold eyeshadows. I'm talking graphic liner and she paints clouds on her face and it makes me want to walk down the street with clouds painted on my face. I don't know how she does it. She's also a huge advocate for representation and visibility for people of colour in the beauty industry and she's passionate about bringing up people with her. So I hope you enjoy our chat. Rowie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So exciting to have you on the podcast. And first of all, how the bloody hell are you? I feel like <laughs> we're in this whole new world now and the first thing I need to do is check in with you and see, are you okay? It's so funny. That question be, like pre-pandemic was just such an order response to everyone. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? And it was quick and easy. Now everyone has to stop and think. They're like, how am I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. How much time you got? Um, how much time you God, I think generally overall, despite the circumstances, I'm pretty good. Great. And I mean, doing beauty content, you've been working from home for a while. So yes. you kind of, have you got any tips? Oh my goodness. I don't even know. I still feel like I'm quite a, a haphazard at home worker. I think I start early. Like I like to start my day a little bit early and then finish a little bit earlier and then just have like the rest of the afternoon to chill. Because the good thing about working from home is that you can, I remember working in an office, you can't really make the most of sunlight, especially in winter. Like you go to the office, you're in the office, like depending on whether you have windows or not, then you go home when you walk home, it's completely pitch black. So I'm like, I try to make, make the most of the sunlight and like working outside and like changing my environment, I feel. Great idea. Yeah, I think we're all getting to that point now and especially for our Melbourne listeners that are just like, <laughs> we're desperate for anything, any tips to hold on to. So <laughs> I'll definitely go sit outside after this. Um, so let's talk about makeup because you are just an absolute makeup aficionado slash inspiration you know people all over the world copy your incredible makeup looks <laughs> I mean I would love to know just tell us a little bit about how this all started it's pretty bizarre I never really planned on getting into makeup I did want to do something related to style and fashion and I knew that I had an eye for something I didn't know what that something was but I was a broke uni student so I couldn't really go down the fashion route because that required you to have a full wardrobe and I didn't have that so I decided to get one colorful palette like one big colorful palette and I was like you know what I can use this to create multiple different looks and it just sort of started from there and it was more me just experimenting with different colors seeing what I liked infusing my heritage into it a little bit like adding a bit of culture something that felt very me and I just started posting online and it just 
it just snowballed. It didn't really, I didn't go viral, but it just kind of eventually snowballed into something quite big. And yeah, and then I started putting all my effort into it and we're here. And here we are. And now you <laughs> are working with Maybelline, which is just incredible. Young Rowie, did she ever think that she would be, you know, the face on a billboard representing a global beauty brand? Not at all. Not at all. And I like, not even young Rowie, but even five years ago, I probably still wouldn't even think that because it's one of those things that you don't want to say too loudly in case, you know, people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. And so it's something that you kind of maybe hope for and you think quietly to yourself, but to actually actualize it is a little bit difficult, especially as a brown woman in you know, Australia. It's hard. We don't really see that that often. So I'm really, really happy and excited to be part of the Maybelline campaign. You manifested this, obviously. 100%. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it, but I probably <laughs> manifested this. I think every time I bring up that word, people think it's a little bit woo-woo, but no, I, I definitely believe in that. For oh, sure. I love it. Um, okay. So I want to get onto some tips. So obviously at the moment, a lot of people are wearing face masks and that's, Mm. you know, there's all this stuff going on about now we can play up our eyes and how do we show our personalities with our eye looks now. Talk to me about your tips for nailing a bold liner or a shadow. Oh, okay. So let's start with eyeshadow first. So if you want to go really, really bold, my best tip is to lay down a white base. It's kind of like painting a house. I've never painted a house before, but I'm assuming this is... <laughs> Neither, but okay, let's go with it. I don't paint houses, but I'm assuming this is what it's like. You just need a really good primer, to like a nice tacky dewy primer so to let those powdered shadows cling. So either a really good primer or I actually have a white base. It's literally just white. So it's concealer, but stark white and I pop that down first and then I will pop like a shade of really bright yellow and it'll just pop like it'll go off so having a really good base and a nice white bright base really helps those colors shine through I reckon and talk to me about liners because you know maybe I was like how do we make your intricate kind of shapes and all of that wearable for every day it's quite difficult I think my advice is for everyone to just start in the corners so even like just do a little dip or like a little dot in the corner or a little dot on the outer corners that's a really good place to start it's not very confusing the other thing you can do is you don't even to put anything near the eye just do a nice like a, a floating liner. yes this is very on trend at the moment isn't it it looks really really good and i think it especially wearing a mask it's just something that like if your face is covered you can still see that floating liner pop through and my advice for that is just follow the curvature of your crease and sort of the shape of your brow as well when you started doing these looks, do you feel like you were really good at it at the start or did it take you a while to, you know, kind of become Rowy? <laughs> I almost gave up. It was that frustrating because I was like, I how do people do it? You see beautiful photos online of seamlessly blended eyeshadow looks and porcelain skin and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And it turns out that it practice makes perfect. And the, the best way to learn is to practice on your face. It was horrible at first. And there's little things that I picked up, like you can't use like a really thick brush for your eyeliner. You need something so skinny, almost a nail brush to get something super thin and perfect. And blending, there's, there's so many rules to blending and the brushes that you use and the sort of the technique, the back and forth technique. So I definitely 
was not, a, you know, a natural talent at this. I had to build up. And I'm picturing there was a lot of time spent taking off the makeup as well, you know, when you're <sighs> starting out. And even still now when you're doing, say, like several looks in one day, that's mm. a lot of like eye makeup remover. It is. And I, I, the thing is with that, I had to ditch eye makeup remover completely and or not just the remover, it's more the wipes because I they started to irritate me pretty quickly. So finding a pretty good <laughs> removal routine was important to say the least. <laughs> I guess another part of your look, so we've got the beautiful bold shadows, the liners, um, but also your base, which I think you're kind of known for this flawless base that's glowy, but not dewy, matte, but still natural. So what products and techniques do you use to get this signature base? The funny thing is, is that in the beauty community, there are so many products. You could probably, there's a product for everything, but still I have to combine to create my perfect concoction. It's like a little potion, a little makeup <laughs> potion, um, if you will. But I like to start with a tacky base that doesn't have alcohol in it because then it's not going to dry out your skin. So I like using the Milk Makeup Hydrogrip Primer. So it's quite tacky. It's something that your foundation is going to cling to. Then I do a combo technique and I use both a matte and hydrating foundation in one. And I pump that onto my hand first, mix it in together and then buff it into my skin. And depending on where I'm, cause I'm oily combination. So I'll get really dry around my mouth and then my forehead, my cheeks will just be like oil. <laughs> so I'll know to, it's just, mm, it's messy. So I know to mattify on the forehead. I know to like add a bit of powder on the forehead, add a tiny bit of powder like around the eyes and cheeks and then just like keep it really, really dewy and, and light around the corners of my mouth. Yeah, I guess it comes down to like knowing your own skin, right? Because for one person going all over with the translucent setting powder, they, if you're not oily, you don't need that versus if you are oily, you're going to want a powder in different spots. So I guess it comes down to what you were saying is that You've got to learn what's good for your own face and your own skin. Exactly. And I think there are trends that move pretty quickly through the beauty industry. And I think keeping the trends to creative eye looks is great. But when it comes to base, just do you know what works. Don't be like lured to another foundation just because someone else is using it. Use what you know and what works best for your skin. Yeah. And speaking of skin, on your Instagram, you've talked heaps about your skin journey. And I would love to know a bit more about that in how you've kind of transformed your skin over the last few years. My skin has been such an issue for me. And it's been really interesting to navigate this issue because I never had any skin problems in high school. You know, I had great skin and it was coming into my twenties where I got hormonal acne for the first time and I didn't treat it properly because I didn't really know what it was. So I exasperated it by picking and poking and, you know, trying to cover it up with makeup looks. And it had a very debilitating effect on my self-esteem like it ruined me and I think people would be like oh don't worry about it like it's just acne like it's such a superficial thing like you don't need to worry about that oh you're so beautiful but I think people don't realize what an effect it can have on your self-esteem when you're staring at your face for six to seven hours a day doing a makeup look and you're looking at that constantly and that really hurt me because I I did everything in my power to fix it I did I used all the skincare products I went to a naturopath but still it was very persistent because it was quite hormonal and that's been really really difficult to navigate and I'm still dealing with that today I say know your skin but I still don't even know my skin completely it's very it's such a complicated organ like I don't know anything like I know so much but I know so little and I think the other thing about being in the beauty industry is that you're 
trialing products constantly. You're getting sent products left, right, and center, and you kind of get like swayed to using different things that probably aren't best for your skin. And I've come to know that simple is best. Just keep it really simple and your skin will thrive because that's what worked for me before. And yeah, it's just been a difficult thing to navigate, to be honest. <laughs> it's been hard. Love-hate relationship. Absolutely. <laughs> and what sorts of, um, you know, products or ingredients are you using in your skincare routine? I know that you've used a bit of The Ordinary before, which is a great brand. Yes. Um, the Ordinary is really, really good because they're very big on actives. So I like to use products that are alcohol-free, fragrance-free, nothing that's going to irritate my skin or flare anything up. But at the moment, I'm keeping it pretty simple. I'm using a niacinamide toner to help with my acne scars. And then I'm going straight into like an Omega Repair moisturizer that has lots of ceramides in it. And if it's during the day, SPF. So I'm really, I've stripped it all the way back. I'm trying to keep it really simple. Keep it simple. And I love that you bring up SPF because, you know, with your heritage, there are a lot of myths that go around about sunscreen and people of color. Oh, massively. I I never knew that I needed to wear sunscreen because I never burnt. I've never burnt in my whole entire life. So I think I associated that with, oh, I'm fine. The sun, the sun will be fine. But no, it's extremely important. And that's like the number one skincare tip. Like if you're going to spend money on anything, spend money on SPF because that's your best like age defying product there is. Yes, you heard it here. (laughs) Another thing that you've spoken about on Instagram is, you know, being a woman of colour, but also being a palatable woman of colour, which is something that you've spoken about a fair bit. I would love to know kind of what's your experience of in relationship with colourism in the beauty industry. Absolutely. Coming to the beauty industry as a brown woman, I need to be extremely self-aware of like who I am and what my position is here. And I need to understand why people are hiring me like that it gives me a bit more insight as to you know what people are looking for and I understand that I am an Indian woman through and through but I am a light-skinned Indian woman which does make me a little bit more palatable for the general Australian population and I do understand the privilege in that and that's something that I've had to come to terms with over time and I think the colorism exists within my own community rather than the beauty industry first and foremost. It started at a really young age where I was you know very sporty outdoors all the time swimming and I would get really really tanned and you're just like passing comments from family members like you should be careful you're getting too dark you know you want to look nice and fair fair was the word like fair was associated with beauty and coming to realize that I was like oh okay so I that's what beauty is and it really warped my perception of what it means to be beautiful so that's what I've had to sort of deal with and having an awareness of my palatable brownness helps me sort of navigate this industry much better and it also helps me to uplift other creators that I know that are so incredibly talented regardless of their skin color whether it's deep or light and to pull them up with me and say hey look that it's talent first and that's all that matters here. I have to say your partner Rahu has the most incredible skin. (laughs) Don't talk to me about it. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever I see him on Instagram I need to put sunnies on because his skin is blinding. Do you guys share products or does he have a whole skincare routine? Oh 
my god, I hate him. He barely puts <laughs> anything on his skin and he looks incredible. He just he has the most like plump, delicious, like smooth skin. Everyone talks about it. It's really, it's really funny. I'm like, you have the best skin, and I'm over here struggling. I'm using <laughs> thousands of products trying to get this unique balance of like beautiful glowy dewy skin and you could wash your face with a rag and like a four-in-one shampoo and body wash and you'd be fine but he doesn't do that he's pretty good like he'll use some of my products and he just moisturizes like crazy he's been moisturizing since day dot so moisturizer and spf he's on that yes moisturizer <laughs> and spf i always feel like that's the number one product or like a or like a a, a a moisturizing spf 50 is like the perfect product to get a partner or a dad or someone that's you know skincare averse and you know what i actually got my dad spf for um, Father's Day last year. I got that and, from my dad this year. Oh my God. It's actually the best. I was like, dad, I love you, but you need to take care of your skin. You're facing, you sit at a desk facing a window all day long. And I like gave him these products and a moisturizer and he's like, this feels amazing. And this is so good. And he's been using it ever since. So get your fathers on the moisturizer and SPF train, please. Hot tip. Now we know what everyone is getting their dad for Christmas this year. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> And now let's talk about products because we love a bit of bargain and bougie here on the podcast. So talk to me about your kind of all-time favorite bargain products and bougie products. Okay, so my favorite, favorite product of all time, even regardless of the price, it's just really, really good. I like the NYX Cosmetics Epic Incliner and the Maybelline Tattoo Incliner because it's so inky. It's so inky and you don't need to spend loads on a really good eyeliner, to be honest. That's all you need, just like a, a drugstore eyeliner works really well. And then in terms of a, a bougier product, I, I think I've spoken about this before with you, but the Pat McGrath. What's it called again? Oh, the Mothership Palettes. Oh. Yeah, they're quite, let's just say they're quite pricey. They are like around the $200 mark for a palette, but the quality is just beautiful. It's insane. Like the, the shimmer products are absolutely stunning. Yeah. And um, do you have any favorite bargain alternatives to that Mothership Palette? Actually, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So the Rimmel Magnifies Palettes are really, really good. So there's one that has like a purple sheen to it and the pigment is very impressive and they're very blendable. And speaking of um, eyeshadow, I also would love to know your tips for fallout because I feel like this is the thing that always happens to me is I get to the end of my makeup, I do this really amazing hectic eye and then I look underneath and I look like I've been um, punched <laughs> in the face because it's like all purple and blue underneath. So how do you do it to avoid fallout? There's a couple of things. Some products, some makeup products are really good quality. They actually have minimal fallout in themselves, but it, you can avoid that. Even if you have a product that falls out quite a bit, you can avoid it by the type of brush that you use. It has to be quite a compacted head. So nothing too too fluffy so something that's quite thick and compacted and instead of swirling your brush into the eyeshadow just pat the brush into the eyeshadow and then tap it off like three or four times until all the pigment has fallen out and then when you take it to your eye you press it into the lid so no back and forth movements like really soft pressing into the skin that's how you get like the most out of the pigment and how you can avoid all the fallout as well and finally Rowie, i would love to know has anything about your beauty routine changed since these lockdown iso post covid <laughs> times we're living in are you doing anything for a bit of extra self-care in your routine yeah looking after myself i think 
My favorite thing to do, actually, I think is really, really therapeutic and really calming is that obviously because I'm doing quite a lot of makeup looks, um, when I go to the bathroom, I take my phone with me and my headphones and I listen to a podcast and then I do like a really nice indulgent oil cleanse. So that's just going to get all the makeup off and I'll just like sit there massaging my face for upwards of five minutes straight. It feels really, really nice and it's really, really soothing and I know it's good for my skin. It, I know it's going to benefit my acneic skin as well. Even like not removing your makeup if you just get a squalene oil or something that like mimics your natural skin texture and you just give yourself a massage just like up the cheeks and up the forehead and do that for about 10 minutes and then if you look at your hands you'll see that it loosens up all the oil plugs in your skin so oil attracts oil so all your sebum actually come kind of rises to the surface and comes out on its own and then you just pat your skin dry with a warm cloth and you're glowing like you're glowing from the inside out. So I highly recommend that as a nice indulgence. Okay, I think I'm going to go give myself one of those oil facials right now. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Roy. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.